0: their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Health and well-being coach and trainer Roshan Chatralia is a mind and body enthusiast. His own experiences throughout life, starting from a young age, have taught him how, by training a well-conditioned mindset, we set ourselves up with one of the most powerful tools we can possess. He recognizes the huge importance of good physical and mental health, and when working with his clients, he aims to inspire them into becoming the very best versions of themselves by supporting them with the know-how in terms of a physical, mental, and holistic well-being. Well, what can I say? I'm going to learn lots from today. Roshan, a very, very warm welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Thank you, Sandro. Pleasure to be here. It's been a while. We've been trying to organise this, haven't we? Uh,
1: yeah, it's been a bit back and bit of back and forth. But, but
0: thank you, thank you for in, yeah. taking the time because I've been particularly interested to have a conversation with you because, uh, you know, I've I've always taken my physical health. Um, quite seriously. And I know that there's a direct correlation between physical and mental well-being. So I'm working on the latter. Yeah. Um, So we're going to try and coax out of you today a little bit about all of that stuff to help some of the listeners uh, to deal with some of the issues they have and to get the places they want to get to. So let's start simply because I have a fascination with people with weird names, a bit like mine really. So where does that lovely surname come from? Is it Indian?
1: Uh, It is Indian. So you're right. Uh, And then more specifically Gujarati. So my cultural background is Indian Gujarati. it's a question I get asked quite a lot. I've got two H's in my surname uh, and the question is normally why, uh, and I don't have an answer for that. And I don't really know how to pronounce it with a double H either. So uh, you pronounced it fantastically. Um, <laughs> I've done <had> enough practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it is of Indian Indian heritage.
0: Okay, fantastic. Okay, so for people who don't know Roshan, tell us a little bit about what you do. I have a brief introduction, but haven't done you justice, so you can do that for yourself. What What do you do exactly?
1: So I am a health and performance coach. Um, I had a former life, uh, career in the city working as uh, initially as a chartered, uh, chartered accountant, when then I moved on to the corporate finance area where I practiced in the due diligence practice, um, and then moved on to M and a advisory. I've been a health and movement enthusiast my entire life. So I started off, um, introduced to sport from a really young age and played a lot of squash growing up. Um that's been quite a big influence in terms of what I do today so i i love and have throughout my entire life like taking care of my um just health and well-being in general um and that's now what i help other people do um uh, who really are in the corporate space um helping them to manage their health in a better way um to help them feel better and perform better so it's one thing i'm quite passionate about which is i think a lot of people's mindset is geared towards seeing health as a limiting factor not something to aid um and take their careers further mm. and it's a it's a mindset i'm trying to break and and bring new skills and knowledge to my clients um to help them feel better and perform better within their careers um and 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 for the sustainable long term which i think is really important
0: yeah so uh, an accountant to um health and wellbeing coach that's that's a remarkable <laughs> transformation um this is a podcast so people don't get to see how healthy and fit you look but surely if they they look at the uh, the photograph they can uh, they can see for themselves so um your background in the corporate financial sector what made you suddenly i know you said there was an interest but yeah. what made you take the step because there's a lot of people out there roshan who are sort of saying i wish i could do this i'd like to do that they've got a goal they've got an objective ambition but they never quite transition what what was it that happened for you that took you from chartered accountancy m a to, you know, doing what you do now?
1: Uh, I would say for me, the end goal was always to work for myself. So I knew that going through and building up my corporate career. So when I was doing that, I was trying to get as much experience as I possibly could and exposure to the corporate world, knowing that eventually I will work for myself. Um, I would say in terms of my ability to act on my dreams and as you mentioned, everyone has a dream um, and a lot of people struggle to take the next step on acting on them. Um, I would say for me, I, I am accustomed to making or accommodating quite big changes in my life, which I have done from a really young age. Um, I always knew I was gonna move into the leisure um, sector. Um, it, I pushed my corporate career that way as well. So I was advising in the real estate and leisure space um, in the final years of my uh, career. And then health specifically. So, I explored a few um, avenues um, when I was working in my MA advisory role um, in terms of what I would be doing, specifically in health and around gyms, um, which I, I, I didn't go down the path of, but I knew it would be in health. Um, taking that step away from my career to effectively run my, now my own business and my dream job um, for me was a reasonably easy step. Um, and I would say largely due to I'm a very used to accommodating a lot of big changes in my life, which I've had from a really young age.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that that clearly helps. Um, what what advice do you give to anyone there for, uh, you say it was relatively easy for you, but what advice would you give to somebody who, um, perhaps he's finding it a bit tougher to make that transition. For example, I hear lots of people, Roshan, say, I haven't got the time or uh, there's something that's standing in my way, an obstacle, because we're going to come on to talk about mindset and how important that is as part of that process. Yeah. But what what simple bit of advice, if there is such a thing, would you give to people who are sort of saying, well, it's not as easy for me, Roshan, and here's the list of excuses?
1: Yeah, I think, I think exactly that. So that is a list of excuses. And I I see excuses or reasons for not doing something normally as a as a as a, a bit of a way of hiding a slightly larger problem which is which is a belief system that that really is telling someone that they have a dream that they might not be able to achieve, and that is the reality of taking a risk and pursuing any dream, which is the fact that it may not work out the way that you wanted to do, that shouldn't necessarily stop you in your tracks from doing that. Um, I always say to people, we are our own worst critics. Um, which means, and, and 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 as human beings, we have we're naturally drawn towards a bit more of a negative mindset because it helps and protects us from creating or putting ourselves in an environment where we're at risk of failure or something going wrong. Um, it's there; uh, it's been there for for many reasons, uh, thousands and thousands of years ago to protect us. Nowadays, the risks of going out there to achieve your dreams and careers shouldn't necessarily have those same emotions attached to them. Um, so I would I would initially say stop being your own worst critic um, and draw more on your successes rather than your failures as proof of what you could be doing to drive your dreams forward. So um, any negative view experiences you've had, try to draw on the positive that has come out of them. And I'm sure if you look hard enough, there are definitely positives. Um, um, teachings that have come your way from um, having gone through a failure um and the proof that you're here now and um listening to this podcast is proof that you can go through failure and keep going so so why not take a risk um and, and a well-calculated risk um that and and pursue a life that you want to live mm. what are
0: those uh what are those childhood experiences you've had um because she said it was easier for you and it, and you've been dealing with adversity and challenges I'm paraphrasing now yeah uh since a, a relatively young age what what were those childhood experiences if you want to share them or just in general terms yeah. that kind of helped you to become the person you are today and to help other people to achieve their objectives as well
1: so i would say for me uh, i was it was forced change so i had to adapt to my environment from a young age so my parents divorced when i was around 6 or 7 years old Uh, My mum, my mother remarried and my older sister and I moved out to Canada when I was eight years old. Um, So that was kind of the big change initially, my parents getting divorced and then moving countries um, at eight years old. I then bounced around a little bit. So I lived with my mum and my sister in Canada and then moved um, to the UK living with my dad, my uncle and my grandmother, who I called um, Ba. For a number of years, so I was in Canada from the ages of eight to ten. I then moved to live with my father from the ages of ten to twelve. I then bound. I was a bit of a troublesome kid, you can tell. (laughs) I caused my both my parents a lot of headache. Um, At twelve, I moved back to Canada. So twelve to fourteen, I was in Canada, and then finally, I was back in the UK. Age fourteen, and my parents made me make it permanent at that point to make sure I took my education quite seriously. So so from a young age, I was bouncing around. I was restarting my life every two years, pretty much. Um, and that is a big factor, I think, that plays in my mindset. That means I am much more, I have a lot more proof. I'm not more capable than anybody else of making change, but I have a lot of proof Um, of having to start over and making a success of my life. So when I moved from, um, each time I moved, I had to to restart my life effectively, restart my studies, which were very important. Um, And there's something that really profound that happened to me around the age of 12, which was developing uh, my belief system um, that made me think I could almost do anything and everything I wanted to, um, and made me believe that anyone else, should they have this knowledge or this experience could do the same. Um, and that and then that helped me deal with change throughout. So moving between countries, actually you would think my education and my performance would suffer. It didn't, I did well. I was a county squash player when I was younger. Um, I was on an honor roll list when I was in Canada, which meant I uh, I had a, um, I managed to keep a 90 plus average in all my subjects. Um, I then moved back to the UK and I, I did well in my GCSEs and A-levels. So, you know, I was managed to, I managed to um, go through a lot of change, but make sure I was performing as well. And I guess the one thing I will mention, so that belief system that happened for me was um, growing up, I was, I have an older sister who's years older than me and she's very clever. Um, growing up, having an older sister that was very smart and con- was considered gifted when we were younger, I meant I was considered to be quite slow growing up. So I, I don't know this and I don't really remember it, but my parents do tell me that growing up, I was seen as the slow one. So naturally I must have associated those thoughts of my parents with what I achieved. And I wasn't particularly bright up until probably the age of 12. So I don't think there's anything, I personally don't believe Sparta or anything genetic. I think it's based on a belief system. My dad did something really fantastic for me around the age of 11. He saw um and him and, um. One of my friend's parents saw a cutout where a seven-year-old had um, gone and done a GCSE at the age of seven and managed to achieve a C grade, and the college that they went to was reasonably close. My dad paid for me to attend that at twelve, and Sunday was an absolute nightmare. So I was a twelve-year-old, eleven-year-old when I began going to all-day lectures on a Saturday, um, some evening classes to study towards an IT GCSE, which is what I was doing at twelve. Um, I found it really difficult. Um, I remember not performing that well in most of the mock exams. I didn't take life very seriously at, at, at that age. Um, I, I ended up getting an. The story is a little bit longer, but I ended up getting an A grade um, at twelve in a GCSE. So that really reframed my belief in what I could do if I threw a lot of energy and time at something. Um, my dad didn't actually pressure me very much. So, and that's one thing I've reflected on quite a lot. So I was initially down to, um, I'll try and wrap this story up, but I was initially down to um, a lower tier paper. And my dad went in and had a word with um the people that ran the college and said, you know, I've spent so-and-so money. I would like my son to do the higher tier paper. But at no point did my dad tell me off or, or, you know, shout at me or tell me, study hard. He just, seemed to believe that if I did the work, I would be all right. So I did. So I did the work um, without the pressure of my dad expecting a high grade of me, but just to go in and do my best. And I did exactly that. And I got an A. Um, and I and I honestly believe that from then onwards, I, ma- I almost any encounter I had in terms of my education or um, any adversity, I just believed I could get through it. Um, And I didn't have kind of the anxieties and worries that people associate with um, achieving things that I think hold people back. I see them as big limiting factors, which are, you know, the worry factor when it comes to anything.
0: So to be clear, Roshan, You're the slow one, and you get an A grade at age twelve, and a GCSE. And your sister's bright; she needs to come on the show as well. Um, yeah. So I, I'm very, I, I really want to kind of dissect this whole mindset thing because yeah. that's one of the reasons we so desperately wanted you as a guest. Um, to what extent are or is mindset external? In other words, you've already alluded to the fact that there's. Expectations. So, mum and dad, when you say I want to be an astronaut, for example, they pat you on the head, condescendingly, and say, "Never mind, have a rethink." You know that might be a little bit out of your reach. Yeah. So, to what extent is it external, and to what extent is it internal? Would be my question.
1: Uh, yeah, great question. So, I think I think when you're um, in your early years, a lot of mindset comes externally um, and from your parents. So, you can be quite influenced by what your parents do and say. Um, and the expectations they have of you, you might pursue a certain career path. You might things think things are beyond you, or culturally might not be the norm. Um, as you get older, you have the ability to reflect and and develop more proof uh, of what you can achieve.
0: I love that word, by the way. You've mentioned it a couple of times. Proof, yeah. uh, and that and that's that. And I think probably there's a there's a message for a lot of people there, Roshan. If you don't mind me saying, yeah. but the the proof we've all got proof in one way shape or form hundred percent life's experiences you know we we tend to focus on the negatives but actually we've all got you know great outcomes that we can reflect on and that's the proof that you've talked about so apologies to interrupt but it's just an important word that i think sends the right kind of message i
1: totally agree with you sandra so i 100 we all have lots of proof in our lives we just have to think about it and find it um and that doesn't always mean it's finding your successes you could find proof in your failures um And if I showed you some of my mock exam papers, even after I had done this GCSE at 12, there are far more Fs on papers than I remember. And it actually makes me laugh when I look back and look at these things. So failing is not the worst thing. It can often be the best thing to happen to you because you learn a number of things in the process of failing. Um, So I'd say in terms of mindset, definitely external. Um, But I do believe that people have an inner voice that gets quietened. throughout life by external voices that become internal voices. So that's quite important. So as you get older, you have an internal voice and our internal voice is massively influenced by external voices we heard growing up. This could be parents, this could be friends, this could be relationship partners, etc. They become internal voices. So you do need to reflect and audit those internal voices and make sure they're your own and not somebody else's. And that's where insecurity really gets bred from is it's not in human nature to think, you know, the worst of ourselves, um, but people can say things um, that limits the way that we may think. Those quite quickly can become internal thoughts and breed insecurity. So I would just say audit your own internal thoughts and make sure they're your own. You, all ha- oh, Everyone has a quiet voice that is actually telling them and guiding them towards their true purpose in life. Um, and it's very easy to ignore and um and push down the quiet voice. And mm. we've all done it, and I've done it um, plenty of times. So,
0: so uh, for mere mortals like me, and for the tens of thousands of people that listen, uh, how, how do we go about, I suppose my question is, you know, I've learned to swim. I've learned to ride a bicycle. I've learned to walk. And I've done that by being shown how to do it and then through repetition till yeah. it became subconscious. Is it your belief, rhetorical question, because I think I know the answer, <laughs> is it your belief that you can create a success mindset in much the same way as you learned all those other things that you know, now do without thinking.
1: Um, and what do you think the answer is? Well, I know what the answer is. <laughs> yeah. I just,
0: I'm just i just kind of leading you to the next point, really, which is, so what things do you do? What, you know, is there a technique? Is there a process that you work on with your clients to get them into a place that allows everything else to follow?
1: Yes. So I, I, yeah. So in terms of your question, yes, you, uh, habitualizing the way that we do things is a very good way of creating a new mindset. Um, and the way that I would do that with my clients and, and, the, and a way that I truly believe unlocks lots of other doors is to start with health. So looking after yourself and prioritizing yourself, which is something that we all, um, very much don't do. Yeah. Um, and by looking after our mental and physical health and, and, and the way to go about this is to create habits that work for you Um, think about habits that haven't been working for you so not the way to really look at it is things that you picked up and habits that you currently have and have been doing have been learned through your parents um, and um, friends family and other experiences you've had growing up Um, you've not necessarily chose these habits but you have them so now as an adult growing up you get have you have the opportunity to now decide what habits are working for you and which aren't. So that's a that's the point of which on which you can move forward. So have a look at habits that may not be working for you, um, and have a look at new habits that you'd like to start putting into your daily routine. Um that, that is the way to move forward. It changes very hard, even for myself. So I've I've had to train my mindset even continually. Now I'm still working on things that I don't like about my mindset. Um, and it takes time and, and, and progress is slow, but, um, it's very rewarding very quickly. So it's much easier to make slow habitual changes in your life and see results, um, rather than trying to bite off a little bit too much too quickly and be in this constant cycle of moving forward and moving two steps backwards. Mm. So I would say you've hit the nail on the head in terms of learning things through habitual practice, just turning up. So... You know, swimming is it's something actually I'm trying to learn. So next year I'm hoping to hire a swim coach. So I've been I've been a poor swimmer and I didn't really grow up swimming, but there's a number of things I want to do in the future that involve swimming. And I like it from a mindset perspective. Um, so I've been getting in the pool and trying to get over, I think, a subconscious fear I have of a very unnatural thing of putting your head in water and then figuring out how to breathe. Um. So for me, it's a case of turning up and practicing. It's not very enjoyable. I get out of t- uh, breath and tired far more quickly than I do swimming and anything else that I do. And I know it's due to a skill, not due to a limitation in fitness. So for me, it's a case of turning up, having a list of habits that I like, that I have heard and researched that work for people to become better swimmers and then just practicing.
0: Well, we'll share the cost of your swimming coach because I'm the same. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I go to the gym three times a week. I can, you know, I can bench 120 kilos and deadlift 160 and all that kind of stuff. That's impressive. Stick me in a swimming pool two lengths, I'm absolutely exhausted. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. There's, there's definitely a technique. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, I could probably swim away from something nasty in the water, but if it pursued me for too long, I'd, that would be it. It'd be curtains. Yeah. Um. Rochelle how how do people go about enhancing their mindset and i want to I want to if I may distinguish between mindset and positive attitude because I mean yeah. we can sit here can't we and motivate the heck out of somebody yeah. for ten minutes make them feel good about themselves but then life gets in the way and then they're kind of back to where they started what what things can people do typically on a daily basis to help them develop a better mindset
1: um I would say I said yes so I Apart from engaging your services, obviously that's the uh... <laughs> yeah. But well, but well, yeah. So in- apart from engaging my service, but that, that's a good point actually, and I think environment is very important, um, and a positive mindset, or a, actually, let's not say a good mindset, because the word positive, is you don't. Yeah, it's it's not something I I I try not to say positive mindset too often, but but it's contagious. So a good mindset um, can be can be uh, learned from people around you. So. That's one thing Um, I use the word audit a lot. And I think I can, because I used to be a financial auditor, but so audit your thoughts, but audit your environment. So, you know, who do you choose to spend time around? What do you choose to spend time around? What sort of environments do you expose yourself to? Um, Success is very much can be seen as something that's learned. So I would say um, to change your mindset or to to do habitual things every day. that would be one of them perhaps reflect reflect on things that go well for you throughout the day and things that don't go well for you so don't be too scared to draw on things that have not gone well for you because there's more sweetness on working on things that are not working for you rather than telling yourself you're great all day long and trying to be really positive it's actually what am I not good at and um, do I want to be better at this does it serve my purpose in life um and then how do I get better at that so i would say Almost focusing on a too much on the positives can hold you back um, sometimes.
0: I, I love the fact, I, I, I want to circle back to something you've said, which is good mindset, because I'm probably one of those people who falls into the trap of believing that a positive mindset is the way to go. But actually, based on what you've just been saying, and I think you've articulated it really well, is that a good mindset incorporates... All aspects of your daily living—you know, the good and the bad—and it's about not believing that you live in the positive world all the time. Because you know, we we all find ultra-positive people really, really annoying, don't we? <laughs> um, but equally, we don't really want to spend time with the glass-half-empty people either. So, uh, your point about good mindset incorporates all aspects of of daily living, which is which is great. Um, there is a lot of talk, Roshan, particularly now. And we, we try all different things to keep ourselves um, healthy, both physically and mentally. Uh, is it fair to say that there is a correlation between good mental health and good physical health?
1: So, uh, yes, I, I agree with you 100 percent, Sandra. So I think the relationship between mental and physical health is completely intertwined. Um, so I think this gives us quite a good and good toolkit to use in terms of looking after our health. So we might find ourselves in circumstances where our physical or mental health might be struggling. um, And we might not necessarily feel comfortable working on our mental health at that point, which doesn't mean we can't see benefits in it. Um, Working on our physical health in a number of ways, um, be it nutrition, um, You know, it's a physical thing that you eat, um, but gut health is recently being um, linked far more to mental health. So looking after your gut health will pay dividends off mentally for you and in your, in the way that you perform at work in your relationships, etc. Um, and physical health, we all know that working out and doing exercise becomes quite addictive once you've done it a lot and it, because it's releases feel good hormones within the body and then they pay off, um, in your mind. So, um. Yes, it's a it's a philosophy that I live by, which is that mental and physical health is completely intertwined and you can't separate the two.
0: So any um any rules, uh the must the must-dos, the must-haves. For example, I hear talk of, you know, get eight hours sleep. Perhaps you, you mentioned reflection earlier on, meditation, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I suppose um I want to just touch on stress as well and how people deal with stress because people I'm really stressed at the moment. I never seem to have enough time in the day. This is happening, that's happening how how do you are you know are there any, any rules by which roshan lives by and encourages his clients to live by as well
1: um rules that i live by would be to make sure you take time for yourself what you do in that time um can vary but make sure you make time for yourself in your own life it sounds like a ridiculous thing to say but we we often forget to do that and i've forgotten to forgotten to do that for a number of years in my life and it's caused me mental and physical distress, which I've then had to un- unwind. So I would say make time for yourself. What you decide to do in that time should be, um, focused on the fundamentals. So a lot of us want quick fixes, um, which, you know, exist in the form of superfoods, etc. But, but if we're not doing the fundamentals, there's no real need to be chasing, um, things like superfoods and, and, and other fads. So I would say, um, things that, a must are uh, a clean, reasonably healthy and balanced diet. So you get a lot of benefit from, you know, eating a variety of fruit and vegetables. Um, having a healthy um amount of protein, um, and not, not staying away from fat. So um, uh, unsaturated fats. Um, a lot of people think fats are the bad guys, and they're not. They do play a role in mental health. So, so that's one thing to be um. A balanced diet would be where nutritionally I I would look to um, keep some form of stability. You will also notice that in most people um, where life starts to get a bit tricky and a bit stressful, um, we have an emotional relationship with food. So we will look to get Re- reward from our food rather than our lives and that normally means that we start eating unhealthily which actually drives a bit of a problem mentally so
0: that will explain the reason i eat so much cheesecake and sticky toffee pudding then <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly it made you feel good there right it's it, it did.
0: i have a relationship with food that goes something along the following lines eat sticky toffee pudding spend an hour in the gym so i think i love doing both so <laughs> yeah. that sounds like a good trade-off to me yeah um mental health on that subject There's a lot of people out there at the moment, you know, let's not ignore the fact. And I know plenty of people who are struggling with things like depression and anxiety. How do people, what advice would you give to people who are are struggling with mental health issues at the moment? Um, You know, and we're not talking about on the verge of suicide necessarily, but mental health has many different forms. So for those people who are struggling with something at the moment, what what perhaps advice would you give to them?
1: Um, I would say... For sure, mental health, um, we all yeah, we all have different varying struggles with it. Uh, I've had mental health struggles in my life that I've had to work my way through, which I would say, um, what did I do during those periods? Um I would say
0: can I, can, before you answer yeah. the question, can I just ask you, did you was there an, an understanding and acceptance first as a first step to help you then to deal with it? Because a lot of people perhaps are a bit afraid to confront the issues. Yeah so is is uh, is acceptance an important part of the process? I,
1: I think so. Okay. I think accepting the worry aspect. So I think um, there's quite a common way to look at it is you know, anxiety um, is what first develops, which de- then moves into other forms of things like depression, et cetera. Mm. And it's normally a case of worry. Uh, we're worrying about the, what's happened in the past or perhaps worrying about what's going to happen in the future. And that drives a certain way of thinking. Um, and the thinking, effectively affects how our body responds. So I see mental health um, problems as a chemical problem. So I try and look at it really objectively and try my best and I advise other people to try and remove the emotion from your mental health struggle. So think of it as I'm going for a tough period right now because of so-and-so and because of the way that I think, this is causing um, a chemical reaction in my body that is not helping me. So I can get through this by doing so and so, which will rebalance my body chemically. So that's my objective view. And I try to remove emotion because emotion is partly what drives the mental health problem. So if you can see your issue objectively, which is exactly what it is, it's a chemical problem within your body, you can then start doing things like exercise, cleaning up your diet, and knowing that these changes that you're making to your life will have an impact on your mental health so mm. you will get through it um you just have to take action and you have to see the problem very objectively
0: i've never taken so many notes i don't think in a podcast and unfortunately uh, we're not going to get a chance to ask all of them but what we'll probably do is organize a part two of this of this conversation if that's okay and if time allows no, it sounds great. so to... a couple of final things if i may roshan number one is There's gonna be a lot of people who want to know more about what you do and how to find you. So social media presence, website, how do we get hold of you?
1: Yes, so I I am looking to, and I want to engage with as many people as I can. I can only work with so many clients at any one time. Mm -hmm. Um, So my social media presence, I try and share as much as I can um, with people I might not necessarily work with. So that's uh, on Instagram. Um, My business is called Pro Row. Uh, and on Instagram, on Pro Row Coaching, so that's how you'll find me on there. My website is prorow.co.uk, and from my website you can find all my social media channels from
0: there. Fabulous. Okay, now you're you're a young man, so um, this perhaps doesn't work as well with you as it does with some of our more mature guests. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying you're not mature, but you know, in age <laughs> terms. Yeah. So uh, let's imagine for a moment, Roshan, that you're having a conversation with um, Roshan Junior, if you can imagine that. Yeah. And Roshan Junior says, "Okay, Dad." Uh, I, I want to be the best version of myself that I can be. What what single bit of advice would you give me to help me achieve that objective?
1: Um, I would say, um, ex, put just put yourself in as many opportunities as you can in order to succeed, and become conscious of and slightly more numb to failure. So, they the. <laughs> <laughs> the the term lucky uh, or being in the right place at, at the right time, um, and I've had some funny experiences, which we can talk about in part two, I think those opportunities are really created. So they almost come about not by being lucky, but p- by putting yourself in so many different situations that almost you have to succeed inevitably um, just by the law of averages. So I would say um, be your best self, put yourself in as many difficult situations as you can. Um, don't be scared to fail, take lessons, learn, grow as a person and keep going.
0: That- Articulated brilliantly from the young man who at the age of 16 had more stamps in his passport than most <laughs> of us do in a lifetime. Uh, Roshan, it's been a real pleasure. I mean, I've, I've learned so much and I, I've studied mindset for quite a lot of my life, but even I've learned quite a lot today and I'm sure everyone listening has as well. So thank you so much for so openly sharing and we will definitely get you back for part two, that's for sure.
1: Excellent. Thanks, thanks, Sandra. It's a pleasure been, to be here um, and um, and have a chat. And I look forward to part two.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Well, that was the Sandro Forte podcast. And what an amazing guest Roshan was. Uh, I was about to say his surname, but I got it right the first time. There's a danger that I won't get it right the second time. So uh, Roshan Chatralia. Uh, There are many more fantastic guests joining me over the coming weeks. Please make sure you subscribe if you want to pick up some more great tips on success and of course, overcoming life's obstacles. Remember, you can follow us on social media at Sandro's Podcast, Sandro's with an S, same on all channels. And we'd love to continue to hear your stories, ideas, anecdotes, and all the other stuff that motivates you. So please keep the emails coming. Hello at sandrospodcast.com. And if you can, please, please leave those reviews on iTunes so we know what you'd like more of in the future. And don't forget to connect with me on social media, Sandro Forty on Twitter and LinkedIn and the real Sandro Forty on Instagram. Until next week, bye for now.